The views and opinions expressed on Eye on the Triangle do not represent WKNC or NC State student media. You are currently tuned into Eye on the Triangle here on WKNC 88.1 FM HD1 Raleigh. Thank you for listening. Hello everyone, this is Brian Jurado, the Public Affairs Director here at WKNC. For today's episode of Eye on the Triangle, I am joined by technician news editors Abigail, Emily, and Heidi. They'll be sharing some local Triangle news. Uh, following this weekly news, we have an interview with Peg Morrison at NAMI of Wake County. And lastly, we've got an interview with Lou at Oak City Cycling, so stay tuned. Hello, guys. This is Eye on the Triangle. I am Abigail Ali, the news editor for Technician, and today I am here with... Hey, guys. I'm Heidi. I'm the assistant news editor for Technician. And I'm Emily. I'm the other assistant news editor for Technician. We have brought you some news tidbits from around the Triangle area, and we will one by one share them with you. Let's get started. Okay, so for the first tidbit, I am shouting out RaleighNC.gov for this one. They put a list of some core museum, aka City of Raleigh Museums programs. And the first one on the list is board game nights. Players can sip on a beverage while playing history-themed games. The game night is from 5 to 11 and is $8 for non-members and free for members of the core museum. Drinks are also included with your tickets to the game night. And yeah, check out RaleighNC.gov to register for the next one, which I think is in October. <laughs> next on the list is Latin Beats. This program in collab- is in collaboration with Artist Studio Project. Participants at Latin Beats can expect an evening of arts and crafts and music presented by the Latin Beats duo. This event will be held on Sunday, September 18th from 1 to 4 p.m., and is free and open to the public. Finally, CORE is looking for baseball-related historical items to be donated or loaned to the museum. The list of examples of these historical objects include papers, photos, uniforms, equipment, tickets and programs, baseball cards, and videos from Beckwin. (laughs) Selected items could be used in the upcoming exhibit that they're planning on having, and items may be reviewed on Saturday, October 8th or 11th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Again, shout out to RaleighNC.gov for this list of programs. I think it's really fun to share programs from the local museums because, not to be the one, but museums in, Raleigh's are, in Raleigh are really, really cool and impressive and literally always have fun events and stuff going on. So check it out. Up next, Maha has an interview with Peg Morrison at NAMI of Wake County. Viewer discretion is advised for this next interview as it does discuss mental health, suicide, suicidal ideation, self-harm, and thoughts of self-harm. Warning, viewer discretion is advised. The content of this podcast mentions mental illness, suicide, suicidal ideation, self-harm, and thoughts of self-harm. Hey everybody, this is 88.1 WKNC, this is Moscow the Drip, and I am here with Peg Morrison at the NAMI Center. Hi Peg, how are you? 
Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Can you introduce yourself and please tell the audience a little bit about who you are and where you come from? Sure. I'm Peg Morrison. I'm the Assistant Executive Director of NAMI, North Carolina, and that stands for the National Alliance on Mental Illness, North Carolina. I work with grants, and I just help run the team that is NAMI. We do free classes and support groups and presentations all across the state. We're all about mental health. Uh, we're the street smarts of mental health. You, you need your doctor, you need your medication, you need your therapy, whatever it is that works for you. But then there's the rest of your life, and NAMI is here to help with that. That's awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about NAMI and the services that NAMI provides? Sure. Everything we do is run by people who have been there. So we have classes and support groups for folks with serious mental illness, mental illness, mild depression, any kind of mental health challenge, you're welcome to join us. And everyone in the room has been there. Everyone in the room has has walked that road. Um, We also have the same thing, a counterpart class and support group for the family members because it does affect everybody in your life, your friends, your loved one, your partner. Everyone is feeling it, that everyone's life is going sideways when that one person they love starts to struggle, whether it's they can't sleep, they're anxious, they're panicking, they're hearing voices. We all need to know how to deal with it. So NAMI tries to bring people together and create safe spaces to talk and learn about that. Can you cover specific programs, resources, times and dates, preferably free or low cost? One of the things I love about NAMI is that we do all free services, so you will never be asked to pay to join us at a NAMI class or support group. So for this episode, uh, with our focus on suicide attempts, we have a targeted support group that's for people who are survivors of suicide attempts, and we we meet weekly. Uh, that's a, a Monday group. They meet 7 to 8.30 p.m., and we can put out a link that will show this and many other support groups. Uh, So our typical group is for anyone, as I mentioned, with a mental health condition, anyone who's struggling. Then we have targeted groups for the suicide attempt survivors, the LGBTQ community. For We have a depression and anxiety group that's run out of NAMI Durham. And these are all available on our website, which is naminc.org. That is so useful. That is so helpful. Thank you so much. So your outreach is not exclusive to a specific demographic. You have lots of different programs for different demographics. Would you mind covering those? Yeah, I would be happy to. We have, as I mentioned, we have a support group for the LGBTQ plus mental health community meeting twice a month. These are all virtual. We have a support group for Spanish speakers and they meet twice a month, a stress and anxiety group for African Americans, again twice a month, and a recovery writer support group. We meet monthly on Mondays from 6 to 8. And then, as I mentioned, we have a ton of other groups that are very general, so I'm not sure. I don't fit into a specific category, but I'm just feeling really down. I can't sleep. I don't want to eat. I just need to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. Come and be part of the conversation with people who really do understand and won't judge you. Awesome. So from what I can gather, you have NAMI as a support-based 
nonprofit system where everybody who is part of any group or identifies with any group can come in for free classes, support, and presentations. Mm -hmm. Are there any other outreach programs or resources that are low cost or free that you provide? We, well, I'll talk a little bit about our classes first. We have a class called Peer to Peer, and then again, the family counterpart is Family to Family, and those follow a curriculum where we talk about all the different types of mental illness, from anxiety to depression, schizophrenia, bipolar. What do those look like and feel like? What are the signs and symptoms? Then we go over how it affects the whole family, how to communicate in a way that can de-escalate and reduce the chance of a crisis, and self-care. Can you tell us a little bit more about outreach programs that NAMI offers and any other resources that people can use for free or low-cost mental health services? Absolutely. Again, all of our free classes and support groups are on our website. You can also reach out to us to find out what else is available in my community that's free or low cost, and we will steer you in the right direction whether you're coming to us or not. Just reach out to us on our helpline. It's open Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. We've got a phone number, toll-free, 1-800-451-9682. Again, it's 800-451-9682. You can text us at 919-999-6527 or shoot us an email at helpline at namienc.org. And it's all one word, helpline, H-E-L-P-L-I-N-E at namienc.org. And our helpline manager, Virginia, is amazing. She has this Bible-sized book that spells out every resource in every county, And so she can tell you regarding your situation, here's what's available near you, and she'll find something that fits your need and your budget. It's also really important to know about what the state is offering in terms of health care, whether you're on Medicaid or you don't have insurance at all and you're not sure who can help you. That's when you want to reach out to your local management entity. So It's a big mouthful, but it's basically for uninsured or underinsured folks. You can call your local management entity slash managed care organization, um, LMEMCO, and they will tell you what's available in your area. There's a beautiful map on the state's website, uh, ncdhhs.gov forward slash providers forward slash LMEMCO directory. Or you can Google... LME MCO map North Carolina that's probably easier and you can see on this map I'm in Wake County that means Alliance Health can call me I click the link and then Alliance information will pop up or I can scroll down and see the Alliance information Uh, maybe I'm in Davie County or I'm worried about a friend or a family member over in Carteret County I can click the link scroll down and find out what number to call, what website to check out to see how to get low cost or free services in that area. Fantastic. So you're mentioning a municipal state funded resource that helps anyone in any area in North Carolina easily just click on a map and find a resource near them. That's great. 
so now we've covered resources over the phone we've covered resources accessible through the internet and for someone who is struggling with mental health who does not have access to cellular service or internet what resources would you recommend that is a tough one find someone that you can trust okay and ask them to help you get connected okay maybe there's someone in your class um you know, I always want to say talk to your parents or talk to a trusted adult. That may or may not be the, the best choice. Find someone you trust who's, who's treated you well and with respect, who, and you might test the waters by saying, gee, you know, I've been kind of struggling with depression. Try and get a sense for how they, how they feel about talking about mental health challenges because for some people it's just not their bag and you don't want to go there with them. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you get the right person and just, Try and talk through things. Tell them you're looking for resources. And it's scary. I give you a lot of credit for reaching out when you're uncomfortable. We put a lot of stigma and blame on people, but the fact is if you need help, it's not your fault. You just need help. And find a friend who will be there with you to make that phone call or go to that appointment. Call our helpline and talk through it with them. They're wonderful to talk to, and they'll help you figure out what to do next. Thank you for sharing those resources and general advice you would give to someone struggling for access. I think that's very helpful. So we have covered resources for all demographics, all spectrums, and all levels of accessibility. So hopefully you or someone you know who is struggling with suicidal ideation, they have resources and they have the means for free resources that they can reach out to. So thank you, Peg. Now, another question I had for you is about your personal story. Have you personally struggled with mental illness, and would you feel comfortable sharing? Sure, I have. I've lived with depression and anxiety my whole life. Uh, My mother struggled as well. God bless your soul. And I do understand, for those of you who are out there, you're feeling alone, like nobody understands you. Nobody speaks your language or accepts you. I've definitely been there. I had a very dark year last year. Mental health is is episodic. It comes and goes. Sometimes we feel like we're on top of the world. I got this. And sometimes it comes back and hits me in the face. So, yeah, as recently as a year ago, I called the suicide hotline. It was basically helpful. I felt like I got a volunteer on her first day, to be honest, but she did try to help me. (laughs) It was good to know that someone was there. Uh, uh, Just find someone to talk to. NAMI support groups are an excellent resource because we get it. We've been there. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to look at you like, oh, my gosh, why would you say that to me? Because we get it. So, yeah, in my worst days, this was decades ago, I'm 54 now. I couldn't sleep. I went three days without sleep. Uh, I had so much anxiety. I couldn't keep friends and make friends. I was worried I would never work again. So it does get better. It it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of trial and error. Um, For me, it took quite a while to find a therapist that I could really connect with, where I felt really heard and respected. Um... But I promise if you come to NAMI, and if it's not NAMI, maybe it's another group. There are other really solid nonprofits. Uh, the Bipolar Depression Support Alliance is uh, one that I've heard good things about. There are a lot of church groups that are very receptive and helpful. 
um, or atheist groups. I have a friend who, who does a lot of charitable work with an atheist association. Whatever works for you, find that. Find your people, uh, and, and we'd love to help you on that journey at NAMI. Thank you. And do you have a story that you would be willing to share that is related to your perspective of a friend who struggled with mental illness and what you did and lessons you took away from that and anything you can say that would steer someone in the right direction who may be struggling in, on the other side of mental health? Well, I was close with a, a person years ago who used self-injury as a way of sort of feeling in control of their pain. And I learned a lot from this friend about how that functions. If I'm feeling, and I'm going to give a content warning here, I'm going to be kind of specific. Um, so if I'm feeling out of control, maybe I have a lot of trauma in my past. I, I was sexually abused and it left me with ongoing feelings of not being in control, ongoing feelings of sort of panic or hating my body, overwhelming sensations. This person found that that cutting himself would give him a feeling of release and control. And on a biochemical level, it does cause endomorphins, it causes the body's natural opiates to surge, and you do literally feel better. However, there are other things that you can do. You can learn to feel better in a way that doesn't put yourself at risk, that won't make you feel so scared when you see the results of it, and you can learn over time to honor your body and honor your recovery in a different way. I would highly recommend dialectical behavioral therapy, and uh, really any kind of therapy will be helpful, but dialectical behavioral therapy is specifically targeted to folks who have been drawn to self-harm or suicidal ideation. It is a commitment. It's a big time commitment with one appointment and one group meeting a week. Uh, I would also recommend my perspective on this based on my relationship with this friend was that it, it has an addictive quality. So you might find support in a 12-step group. There are general 12-step groups. And uh, personally, I struggled with alcohol at one time, so I learned a lot about giving over control, letting go, letting God. Or for me, that's a higher power. And learning different ways of managing emotions when the world feels out of control or my, I used to feel like my, my brain was a haunted house. When, when you just feel like you can't get comfortable in your own skin, there are groups that will help you learn, learn techniques like calling a friend, journaling, exercising, yoga. Uh, it could be anything depending on the person. It's a process. It is difficult. It takes work. Honestly, I spent many days where I just felt like, when will this ever start to feel okay and easy again? It does. It just, you have to figure out a way to give yourself that space. Forgive yourself. Give yourself space to feel uncomfortable and keep going. And eventually, the brighter days will come. Thank you, Peg. I wanted to end the show on a positive and bright note. So would you mind sharing, in light of your ongoing 
battles with mental health, ways that you express self-care and self-love for yourself? Oh, that's a lovely question. I think for me, I try to surround myself with brightness. So if you look around, there are bright paintings in this room. A big thing is finding social support in a way that's a good fit for you. So for me, I've spent a lot of time feeling like kind of a loner. I had I had sort of rested on my career for my social connection, and it's been pretty recently that I've developed a social support network that feels very reliable and comfortable for me. So, and and that's one of the reasons I love NAMI. My first draw to NAMI was not as a professional, it was as someone who needed a space where I could be comfortable in my skin. NAMI was one of them. There were some peer centers and friends who also gave me that opportunity and that gift. Um, So it's a process for me of figuring out what kind of relationships I need to have with different people in my life. Mm. The people who surrounded me in my younger years were great and they did their best and, and worked for me at that time. But as I've gotten, as my mental health needs increased, I I couldn't have the same relationships with the same people. I needed people who were more knowledgeable, who had had some mental health experience, who speak a language of recovery and hope. And that's, that's not everybody. It's a narrow swath of people. And I'm grateful to have found my, my little tribe. Awesome. I love that. So your self-care really stems from the people around you and your environment. It really does. We don't have adequate services for folks. Uh, There are way too many people who they make too much money to get Medicaid, but not enough to have insurance that works for them. If we had Medicaid expansion, people would at least have the opportunity to go get care before they're at that crisis point. But if I'm struggling with my mental health and I have to choose between paying the rent, buying groceries, and seeing a shrink, I'm not going to choose the shrink for for a lot of different reasons. I mean, one is going to be stigma, but the other is just I need to eat and I need to lay my head down somewhere. So if we could create more spaces where people can go for care and not pay an arm and a leg, that would be one way to reduce the drain on our system, reduce the number of people in crisis so that those who are in crisis can get those very limited resources and get the best possible response. Right. That's great. And also with Medicaid expansion, how does that work? That is something that they're looking at in the state senate and the state house of representatives. Okay. They are very close to passing it. Okay. Uh, so if you Google Medicaid expansion North Carolina, what can I do? Uh, you'll find some ideas about how to reach out to your representative and your senator. Okay. And let them know, hey, this is important. So by writing a letter to the senator or local lawmaking officials, we can pass Medicaid expansion, which would help enable more cost-effective mental health services? Yes. Among other health-related services. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Well, that sounds great. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for speaking with me. Tune in next week, 6 to 7 p.m. for Eye on the Triangle. Bye. Bye. It's been my pleasure. 
Hey everyone, this is Brian Hurado with Eye on the Triangle. Today I'm joined with Lou from Oak City Cycling. Lou, if you just want to introduce yourself. Hey there, how's it going? My name's Lou and I'm a bike mechanic over at Oak City Cycling. So if you just want to give us a little bit of like a background on Oak City Cycling and like how long have you all been there? It's been a pretty like a uh, staple spot for cycling in Raleigh, so it'd be cool to learn a lot more about it. Yeah, um, Oak City Cycling has some humble beginnings. Um, been around for a little bit over 10 years. Um, Ken Metzger started it um, kind of just like out of some very small kind of communal spaces and slowly, slowly, um, he he's kind of built it up, and we're now over on 707 North Person Street, a nice, fun, big two-story building, which is awesome. Super nice to have a lot of space there. Um, but yeah, we're, I mean, we're just like a local local bike shop with a focus on like community engagement. Um, we just try and we do like monthly maintenance classes uh, for people to learn how to like change tubes um, and chain maintenance and we do rides for people of like all calibers if a cruiser ride every third thursday that's like real real chill like talking 10 miles we are cruising uh, and it's fun riding a group and then we have like gravel rides and we're trying to bring back some road rides and um, alley cats kind of kind of like our thing it's fun well i personally just recently got a bike well like got it out of the shed of my like backyard yeah i've seen that once or twice yeah it's absolutely (laughs) trashed i fully just gave up i was like i'm just gonna take it down to oak city and like let y'all just handle it for me yep but like purse or what would you recommend for someone that's like either got a new bike or an old bike like is there any like a process that they should take before taking it out on the road um i mean if you get a bike from a bike shop hopefully they've already done all the safety checks but um, obviously, there's a lot of avenues of getting a bike, you know, whether it's used or um, straight to consumer, like on the Internet. So, like, it's not built up by a professional. Go have it checked out by a professional. There's like a myriad of things that you can't actually see on a bike that could go wrong and could cause some safety issues. So, yeah. Gotcha. So, like, before taking a ride in terms of, like, you just got a bike is there anything like you want to make sure in terms of like fitting? Cause I know I took it to Oak city and they gave me like, they told me that my handlebars were too high <laughs> and I was like, Oh man, I didn't even know that. Gotcha. So, like, I wouldn't even say so much fit so much as like, make sure you have enough tire pressure. The number of times I've gotten three miles out and been like, yep, air's going down. Uh, and then you have to do a roadside uh, flat change can be kind of annoying. And kind of just, like, inspect everything. Like, I like to always, like, pull on my brakes before I, like, take off. Make sure it's everything's safe. Um, and you can obviously just, like, start off slow. Make uh, make sure nothing got knocked over. When bikes get knocked over, they tend to shift kind of weird. And they can shift in your wheel and cause all sorts of problems. But fit-wise, I mean, hopefully your bike's already fit for you. But if you're pulling it out of the shed, I mean, like, make sure the fork is on straight. I would say and then yeah make sure your handlebars are rotated correctly but and your seat post is maybe tight enough there's nothing more jarring than going to sit down on a bike and then it just slings to the bottom i guess i just wanted to mostly talk about like urban cycling i feel like i personally am very new to it because i'm from mebane which is like a small town in which it's a lot of country roads and it's like 
a lot of the time the roads are either empty or there's like one car so I can just basically cycle as long as I want without having too much concern about another vehicle being along like the same road but then you come to Raleigh and there's just cars everywhere and there's like a lot of rules that you need to follow uh just basically what are your tips for like cycling in this area yeah um well first of all follow all traffic laws so stop at stop signs uh doesn't always feel like you need to but cars are expecting you to do it um and just just follow all rules like you would like you would in a car try and use the bike lane if you can but still be cognizant of other cars because sometimes they aren't always aware of you um if you're like turning left or right do your best to signal like a hand signal um to alert cars that you'll be turning um and yeah just be aware of other cars like car door opening maybe like that's always an option and be aware of cars turning in front of you if you're riding in a group try and make it so that you all fit in the bike lane it's kind of unsafe when you have two or three people straggling into the road um and then also like use the greenway system uh, raleigh has a really amazing greenway system uh, you can find their map online. Uh, there's a greenway system that pretty much goes all the way around the Beltline. And then there's stuff that kind of takes you through NC State and some other routes. And I use that all the time to avoid. Gotcha. And what exactly is the, like the greenway system? I'm personally not very familiar with it. Yeah. Um, it's just like a paved path. Um, and it's really well maintained. Um, they have a lot of great people like clearing debris, mud, and junk off. But, um, I mean, you can take the Greenway system all the way to Durham. You can ride all the way to Clayton. You can do, um, like I said, there's, like, a fun little, like, Beltline loop you can do. And even on Oak City Cycling's, like, webpage, we do have a routes page. Um, and we do have um, some, some routes that you can literally just kind of, like, plug in your phone through some free apps, and they can kind of direct you and help you figure it out. Um, and if you have any questions, always stop by our shop, too. We love telling people our favorite routes, best way to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's super fun to talk about and share with because it's an excellent resource. Uh, do you have any routes that you want to share on air, like any personal favorites in the area? <sighs> I mean, personal favorite would just be the ride to Durham. It's so fun. Uh, you get a ride through Umstead. You get a ride around Crabtree Lake. You get a ride through Cary. And then it's kind of fun to end up in Durham. And you can take the train back. It's free. Uh, you can take your bike on the train for free. It's only $7 one way. Um, I know the trains from Durham back to Raleigh are as late as 9.30. Um, so that's really fun. The bike ride down to Clayton's awesome. And a personal favorite is just the Umstead Loop. Um, you can it takes you like through NC State, through the art museum. And then you kind of get to like get off road and be around some trees. And it's like in between road biking and mountain biking. It's, it's kind of fun. It's really nice. It's really pretty out in Umstead. Uh, NC State offers like a bike registration. I'm not too sure if you're like familiar with it, but it's like they literally, you can go down to the NC State like campus police and they will carve like your license plate, I believe, okay. onto the bike. That way, like it's kind of like an anti-theft. Mm -hmm. So if your bike gets stolen, there's like a way to like report it or track it down. Uh, just beyond that, and like what would you recommend for like anti-theft in the area? Yeah, I mean, if you don't have resources for somebody to engrave something into your bike, uh, most bikes have a serial number. 
engraved in them already. Not all of them, but most of them. And it's on the bottom of your bottom bracket shelf, usually. Um, but also when bikes get stolen, it's just a really big bummer. Um, but to prevent it, I mean, get a lock. Don't get a coil lock. Get like a U-lock or something that someone actually has to put some effort in to get off. Um, obviously, if you can like not leave your bike outside overnight, I'd say that's a big one too. Um, locking it up, I feel like during the day- daytimes, usually okay, but kind of once it goes overnight, I've heard of a lot more bikes getting stolen. Obviously, if you can bring your bike inside, that's that's the best, but not everyone can do that, which I understand. Uh, in terms of like bike repair and maintenance, such as if you got like a flat tire or you're like tire pressure's low, what do you recommend in terms of just like maintaining your bike once you already have one? Yeah, I mean, keeping a flat kit is awesome. Uh, keeping an extra tube, some tire levers, and a hand pump is really going to save you, especially if you go on a longer ride and you're like 15, 20 miles away from home and you don't have cell service. Um, but having the tools is great because even if you don't know how to change a flat, there's always a possibility somebody on a bike will ride by you and they know how to do it. So that's very useful to have, but, um, also just practicing. Like I said, we have a monthly maintenance class. It's free. Uh, it's for beginners. We go over changing a tube and we also talk about chain maintenance, which is important. Uh, like the... Say it's kind of like a oil change. If you don't change your chain out, it will break down other parts on the bike, and it gets very expensive to fix it all. So a quick chain chain change will um, save you hundreds of dollars in the future. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lou. I feel like I've personally learned a lot through this interview. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, maybe? Not really. Just get, get on a bike and get out there. It's awesome. There's more... Um, bike lanes every day which is awesome figure out that greenway um system and enjoy enjoy a nice activity around raleigh (laughs) well is there any like uh events going on in oak city that you maybe recommend like students to go maybe attend Uh, i mean our third thursday cruiser ride um really great for beginners really great if you're like trying to learn how to ride in a group um really chill like I was saying we all kind of hang out before hang out after it's a great way to meet people uh we do take the greenway system sometimes so it's a good way to kind of dip your toe into that um and then yeah all of our events are also posted on our website so if you're interested in doing something a little higher caliber keep an eye out for grapple rides and wheeled rides great well once again thank you I recommend everybody to go check out Oak City Cycling and it's in such a cool area of Raleigh because there's like Yellow Dog Bakery right beside y'all as well as So So Books so like I really recommend that area and maybe next time you're there you could like stop by and maybe bring back bring by your own bike yeah we also have a bar so you can stop by and have a beer if you're of age of course Well, that is all for today's episode of Eye on the Triangle. I want to thank technician news editors Abigail, Heidi, and Emily. Their recommendations never fail to teach me something new about the triangle. I also want to thank Peg from NAMI and Lou at Oak City Cycling for interviewing with us this week. I wish everyone a great rest of their week. Goodbye.
Music for today's episode has been Smoke Jacket Blues by Track Tribe, licensed under the YouTube Audio Library. This has been Brian Jurado from WKNC. You can listen to more Eye on the Triangle episodes on wknc.org slash podcast. Thank you.